It is time for another episode of Crunch Time Plays. Roll the intro, and here we go. It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 10 of Crunch Time Plays. We're going to take you around college football to get a preview of the 2021 season for football teams across the country. And we're going to start with Coastal Carolina. And we're so happy to be joined by the head coach of the Shana Clears, Jamie Chadwell. Coach, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Bennett, excited about being on here. Thank you for the opportunity. Awesome. So I got to know, I know we were talking just before we came on about the beach and I got to know one of my favorite things to do. I only live a couple hours up the road from the beach. One of my favorite things to do is play putt putt or mini golf, if you will. And I got to know, do you let your kids beat you whenever y'all play? I don't let them beat me. Unfortunately, I get beat some, which is tells you how bad my putt putt uh, skills are. I used to think I was pretty good. Uh, but uh, they've gotten where, uh, you know, they can they can know how to hit it through the dinosaur mouth or the alligator mouth and one of those things and make it happen. So, But I'd love to play, but uh, I'm not one of those that let your kids win. they gotta learn, I, they got to learn what defeat means. <laughs> See, my, my dad was the same way. So whenever – and we still do whenever we go down to the beach, we play. And coming up, I used to always think, oh, he's just going to let me win. And then he goes out and beats me by, you know, 10 or 12 strokes. And I'm just like, man, I thought you were going to let me beat you. And he was like, you got to learn what defeat means, son. And, yeah, and then, uh, when, then when you finally beat them, they don't want to play you again. So. <laughs> That's exactly – whenever me and my dad play video games or anything, and he beats me, I'm like, I don't want to play you anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right, so have you been working on your mullet in the off season? I know that was – You know what, I'm thing. growing it out. I am growing it out. It's taken a while. It's 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 you can't really tell. Obviously, but it's gotten longer. So I'm giving it here in the middle of March, and we'll try to see if I can you know get it to a nice uh, length. And and then I, I need to cut the sides and, and get it going a little bit. But I, I'm gonna live up to my word. I told him I'd grow one, so I'm working on it. Hey, I know I know your team challenged you to grow a mullet uh, during the season, so I'm glad to hear that you're you're taking them up on that. Yeah, my wife's not too happy about it, but oh well, she'll get over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach, I'm going to ask you about how spring practice went. I know you just wrapped it up. and know your spring game got canceled because of weather, but just how how's your team looking uh, so far through spring, and what do you expect coming into the fall? Well, we, we went early uh, for a couple different reasons, but it, uh, I thought it was a productive spring. You know, um, we had a lot of people back, and, and so what we were able to do is really uh, put some young people in some situations where to see how they could develop. That was our main goal this spring is to develop some of our depth that we need to have to try to improve our team. Uh, we've got 20 of, you know, if you look on paper, 20 of 22 starters back. And I say that they got to still go earn that spot. But there's 20 players that play a lot of football that are back uh, and a lot of other depth, you know, from a certain standpoint. So you feel good about that. Uh, but we're still one injury away from – you know, being being in trouble. And so our whole spring emphasis was focusing on getting those guys plenty of reps. And and they did. They got better in a lot of ways, but it was sloppy at some ways too. You could tell they were they were this was the first significant plan time they were getting. But I think it'll pay dividends as we continue to develop develop them through this off season, uh, you know, until we get to this summer. 
What was the mindset behind, you know, starting early? I know a lot of teams, you know, try to get their off-season program going and then start spring practice, you know, sometime in mid-March. What was kind of the thought process for you guys starting as early as you did? Well, we actually started really early this time. Uh, typically, we're, we're a February. We start in February and try to be done always before our spring break, whenever that is. And then there's a couple of reasons for that. One, you know, we're a developmental program, and I feel like if you go out and practice – then I've got all of March, all of April for our players to know what we had to work on and know what they need to develop. Uh, two, if there's ever any injuries, uh, you can get them back quicker. You know, I think I think from a developmental standpoint, I think from an injury standpoint, those are benefits. We went earlier this year than ever because, one, we weren't out recruiting in January. And then, two, our university pushed our spring break back. And just in case COVID's not better and we are not allowed to come after spring break, come back after spring break, I wanted to make sure I got practice and our conditioning program in. Last year, we got practice in, and I think it paid dividends. Uh, this year, we really needed to get our conditioning program in, and so uh, that's why we decided to do it that way. Awesome. All right, so i got to ask you about a guy that played a lot of a lot of snaps for you last year, and that's your quarterback, Grayson McCall, through 26 touchdown passes, only three interceptions. He was nominated for just about every – quarterback award there is just kind of what did you see from him last year and how did how's he developed through spring well you know he, he really obviously came on came into the limelight there uh for the the type of the way he played uh he's a very highly competitive young man and very intelligent on the field and we knew uh you know we had a guy that had a chance to be a good player I mean I'm not gonna tell you I knew he'd be a player of the year and all that right away uh, but he just uh, he stepped up in big games and made plays, and, and his players, the teammates, you know, love him. And so, you know, the focus this spring is, you know, you can't arrive. You know, the thing is, when you when you get that type of accolades early on, you feel like, hey, I, I've, I've arrived, and I don't have to do this or that. And I think sometimes you forget what got you to that point. So this spring was more about him, obviously, improving stronger, all the different things that he can do, but also not you know, stepping backwards. And, and, and I thought he, you know, he, I thought he actually got better this spring, which was a positive sign. What's your message been to him? I know you mentioned the accolades he's gotten nominated for. What's kind of been your message to him and handling all that? And just kind of, like you said, just staying true to what got you here. What's, what's kind of been your message to him? Well, just that, you know, this is the first time that, uh, you know, when he was a, when he was a freshman in redshirt and nobody knew who he was and he could sort of do what he wanted. Now all eyes are on him and everything that he does is going to get scrutinized and just telling him to embrace the, the opportunity he has, embrace the role he has. And also shared with him that nobody in, in the, in the sub belt, or I say nobody in the last nine years, there's not been one repeat winner of a player of the year. You know, so what's that tell you? Not all of them are seniors either. I said, what's that tell you? But usually complacency set in. So I've been really challenging on that. And I don't think he's a complacent person at all. Uh, but just knowing the work ethic's going to take him, now there's a little bit of target on that back and just how he has to – the 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 added pressure from the outside. We don't put pressure on – you know, we, we put our own pressure on us, right? Uh, but there's going to be added pressure from that and just making sure he handles it the right way and continues to be the hardest worker that we have because that's how your teammates – uh, um, you know, or rally around you if you don't let that big head get big and you continue to be a worker. Yeah, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, like you mentioned, I know you've coached a lot of great players and through your years, and specifically with him, how do, what what goes into a player kind of 
kind of blocking out the noise and just focusing on what players need to do. I know this is the social media age where the guys are on there all the time and they're hearing about how great they are or how, you know, how bad they are when they have a bad game or something like that. What kind of goes into blocking out the noise for those great type of players? Well, there, there's got to be a maturity level on their point. You know, as a coach, I think you can only do certain things. They've got to finally, you know, make that decision. And then the hardest part is it's, it might be family members. It might be girlfriends. It might be all those things that are bringing additional pressure on top of just what you hear. And so I think what well, you try to share with people say, what's your ultimate goal? And we know what his ultimate goal is and what's going to get you there. And is doing X, Y, Z going to get you to the, the help our team accomplish what we want to accomplish and help you accomplish what you want to individually. So I think you really have to lay out, uh, you know, what, what's their vision they have for themselves and what's their ultimate goals. There, and then what's the best way, what's the roadmap for us to get there. And then if that's not part of the roadmap, then we need to try to cut it out. You know, you don't want to take those detours. Sometimes those detours, you get off on those, you never get back on the straight and narrow. And so you, you, you try to hit it from a perspective that they understand from a goal purpose. And, and the challenges of them enjoying the college life and enjoying being young, but also knowing that, you know, what's at stake and, and the, the ability being given and making sure you use that to the, uh, you know, the best that you can. What's, um, how's recruiting been going for you? I know, you know, during this, the, during COVID, nobody's able to visit anywhere. I know from listening to several coaches, they had a lot of, a good, you know, intel on the 2021 class, but it's kind of the 2022 class that's been suffering a little bit. Just how, how's that going for you in regards to 2022 and how you feel about the guys that you've seen so far? Well, you know, it is a challenge, you know, with because you've not, at least some of the 21s you might have had a chance to see in the, during the fall of 19 and then maybe some into the winter there or 20 before everything shut down. Uh, and, and so, uh, the thing I like about Zoom is you, we did have a chance to really get to talk to them quite a bit. Now, we never saw them in their element. You know, we didn't see them at practice. We didn't see them. So, I think that's the challenge going forward with 22s is you're not seeing them at all in, in where they're practicing or where they're running or anything. And so, he might be awesome on, on the phone but when you or, or, or Zoom, but when he's out and about, he might be a bad teammate. Those are the hard things to find out. Uh, and so, I think, you're, you know, I think there's going to be some cautiousness with the 22 class as far as – uh, of, you know, do we really know who this person is? And then I think secondly, with the way the portal is as well, uh, you know, you got to, how much are you going after high school kids? Are you going some after transfers? There's a lot of different things from that recruiting that has changed. And COVID, obviously COVID has is, is made it tougher in some ways, but in other ways, the access piece of it might, might have made it a little bit easier as well. You mentioned the transfer portal. How How difficult has that been for coaches, especially you, to kind of, manage that, manage your roster, not knowing what guys may be looking to transfer, how many guys you got coming in. How difficult is it to manage, you know, your scholarship count for different recruiting classes and stuff, trying to account for those transfer portal guys? The hardest part, uh, I think, about that is um, just you can't replace them. You know, when you use initial scholarship and then they go to the portal, it's not like you can replace them. You replace somebody mid-year because you lose a guy because, you you know, you, you, you're out your initials. That's the hardest part about it, you know, and trying to manage it. Now, I was I was at Division Two, so you have ins and outs there every year, so you learn how to manage your roster from that standpoint. Uh, but, the you know, the challenge is you put a lot of work into getting them, and then whatever reason, they might not like it here or there or not playing as much, and they go into the portal, and maybe they got – and it sounds like they've got immediate eligibility. So, you know, you're really working free agency. Uh, and I think that's an added dimension in college football. It's going to be added, and it's a challenge. And so um, – 
and it's hard, you know, but I, 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 what you hope is you, you hope in your current team, you build, you build a strong culture where people want to be a part of it. And the ones that don't, it's because they know they're not a good fit anyway, you know, and, and they see the bigger picture, but um, you know, we've had, we've had our fair share of guys in the portal that have left. We've also had our fair share of guys we've recruited in there. So uh, it's obviously here to stay. And it's something I think that's a balancing act. We're, we're always going to try to do our best to get the high school kids as much as we can, but I think you're going to have to, it's like anytime you have a little dinner, you want to season it with some salt. I think you got to season it with some salt a little bit. Yeah. It's a great point. You mentioned about free agency. One of the, I know people think of when they think of th- free agency, they think of, you know, NFL free agency and guys being able to go, wherever they please and different things like that. What kind of similarities do you see from the transfer portal to like something like the NFL free agency? I know a lot of people have, you know, kind of coined the transfer portal as college football free agency, if you will. What kind of similarities and differences do you think there are there? Well, I don't know how many similarities. I know why, I know why you know, people say the free agency just because, you know, your kid can, if he doesn't like it, can go somewhere and go from there. You know, in the NFL, they're under contract, right? And so when they're getting paid under contract, they really can't break that contract. And so they're going to have to perform regardless or they get fined a lot of money. You know, that's not the way in college. Uh, I think the college athletes have a lot more say than that uh, from a standpoint of whether they want to transfer here. There's not like you can take their scholarships, et cetera, if they decide to go in the portal. Uh, I think the, you know, the good thing for the student athlete is if they, if they do pick a school that maybe exactly wasn't the right fit, or maybe a coach left and that's who they like, then they have another choice. They have an option. I think the hardest part for coaching is if you spend a lot of time with them and you're trying to do things the right way. And for whatever reason, somebody in another school contacts their head coach and says, Hey, you know, I got a spot for Johnny over here. Well, he can just sort of go and, and you know, and there's uh, there's not much you can do from a coaching standpoint. You lose that spot. You lose that opportunity. So it, there, there's a balancing act there, you know. And uh, But it's been good, for I think, for the student athletes. And that's, you know, you're trying to you're trying to do what's best for them in the long haul anyway. So I think it'll be here. Maybe there's some tweaks that can make it make it uh, continue to make it better. But uh, it is what it is right now. And that's how you got to handle your you know, as far as developing your team and your program, you got to be able to manage that. Yeah, I know it's it's been really hard, you know, for coaches to manage, and I know it's it's been hard for you as well. Just want to get into your your staff makeup real quick before I let you go. You know, when I was preparing for the show today, I w- went back and listened to the the podcast that you did with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, and talking about just a stat that you gave that I was, you know, kind of flabbergasted by. But when you think about you know, society today, it kind of makes a lot of sense that 62% of your players come from a single parent family. And so how is it, how important is it for you, especially to hire guys on your staff that kind of can be father figures to these kids? I know there's been a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns right now with COVID and, and social justice stuff going on. Just kind of, how do you, how, what's your philosophy on hiring guys that, kind of can be father figures and kind of love on these kids a lot when they get to campus? Well, I've been very fortunate to be around some, you know, have some good coaches that have worked with me. And, uh, you know, the main thing that I look for more than anything is what type of person they are. You know, I think, don't get me wrong, you got you to gotta be a good coach. But I think uh, the coaching part of knowing X's and O's and schemes is a very little part of what overall getting your players performing at a high level. And, and for, for me – uh, we use this program as a mission. You know, it's a mission field for us, and we're we're trying to use the sport of football to better the opportunities for young people. And so, 
I can't do that by myself. You know, I can, I can help, I can lay a vision. I can say what I want to do, but if I don't have people that out there believe in that same thing and execute that same thing, it's not going to work. And so for us, I, I'm, I'm looking for good people that are, that are high character, uh, that, uh, are faithful, uh, and that, uh, you know, are loyal, but they also, they, they can share those same characteristics with the young people that they're, that they're entrusted with. And I think that's more important. So anytime that I tried to hire somebody or had, you know, or, or brought somebody with me, vice versa, it's going to be about the young people in our program. It's never going to be about the coach and his ego and some of those things. I don't deal with egos very well. And so, uh, that's something that I look for. And I've been fortunate to have the majority of this staff. If you look at our, if you look at our, our staff, the majority of them started with us when we were at North Greenville in 2009, you know, division two school. And so uh, those guys understand what we're about and, and we've been able to have success at the places we've been, not because we're these great coaches, but I, I, I believe because we're, uh, we try to put the young people in our program first. Uh, we try to meet their needs. We try to love and serve them. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, I think that we've been able to do that. And the people that come to our program know that. They know we're genuine and know that we do care about them. And I think that's why they play at a high level. What kind of special things do you do uh, just for guys like for life after football? I know only, you know, 2% of the players go to the NFL from college. Just kind of what, what do you guys do as far as preparing your players for life after football? Do y'all have a a special skills program or anything like that that you guys do? (laughs) We try to do a lot of different things, you know, from a special skill where actually this spring, you know, how to, how to change a tire, et cetera. Some of those things that most people don't know. Uh, we do a lot of things with finance. We do, you know, it's talk what a mortgage is, what a budget is, what's a, what's a stock market. We do a lot of things uh, where we talk about what it's like to be a, a husband and a father, what are the characteristics of that. Uh, and, and then we'll bring in different speakers that talk about, uh, really talk about your heart. I try, we try to touch every facet that, that most college students, when you leave, you don't really have a clue about, you know, some credit card deals. And then what's it mean to, to, if you want to go buy a car and then how much and what's interest or all those different things. So you try to make sure that, and we can't give them all the expertise, obviously, but you try to educate them as much as you can to be prepared for when they leave out of here, because you're right. I'll, I'll, everybody on my team wants to go to the NFL, everybody. And, uh, and we all know they're not going to going to. And so we have to make sure we use football and football doesn't use us. So from a, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, how, how to, when you go to a business center, what's the proper fork to use and all that we do little things like that, you know, and, and different things, just stuff that you might not think about that we think would be important for their growth and their potential. But at the end of the day, Really, what we're trying to do is just give them the resources and the necessary, you know, hopefully background where they feel like, hey, you know what, I am prepared. There's things I can continue to learn, but I have the I have the basic fundamentals of, of knowing what it takes to be on the football field to go out and, and have a chance to to be a, a make a positive impact on the community they're part of. And at the end of the day, it's what we're trying to do. We're trying to I want to end the divorce rate, you know, and, and I want to I want to end the uh, in, in America, at least through football, I want our guys to stay married. And so I think if you show them what that looks like, maybe there's a higher percentage chance they will. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Awesome stuff. And Coach, Coach when I just think about authenticity, I know that the word means a lot to you, and you've said it here today. When I think of authenticity, I think of your staff. Like you said, you guys have been together for a long time since your days at, at North Greenville. And when I just think about authenticity, I just think about you and your staff. And it's been an honor to watch you and can't thank you enough for coming on today. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media and what you what you got coming up with your program. 
Well, I am taking a break from social media, so you guys are aware, but I'm on Twitter. Well, uh, I've not been on there in a while. I had to try to get off after the season for a little bit, you know. Uh, and so, but it's at Coach Chadwell on Twitter there. I'm typically there. I don't know about the rest of them. I'm sure I'm on it. I don't pay attention to them much. <laughs> uh, you know, we're in our next phase here. You know, we're trying to continue to build this program. We had a tremendous season, as you know, and uh, to end it with the championship was awesome. But we want to we want to be known as something that's consistent, that, that, that will last. And, and, you know, we're just really still building the foundation here, and we still got some ways to go. And uh, especially for all the local people here, you might be a fan of another institution in this in this in this uh, great state of theirs. That's no problem at all. Uh, but we playing good football, and I'd love for you to come down and, and catch a game. You know, it's it's uh, we've got a team that plays rel- relentlessly hard for each other and a passion for each other, and it shines through. If you had a chance to see us on TV this year, I think you saw that the way we played, and and hopefully we're a great res- representative of our state, but especially this community, the PD area, and down this way, uh, it's something that we're proud of of of, of representing uh, you know this area, and hopefully we continue to do that. And so we're just we're just getting started. You know, that's why I, I believe, and uh, we're just getting started and uh, can't wait to what the future holds. Coach, it's been an honor to watch you. I know living in South Carolina, I've, I've followed you, you know, for a while since you've been in the state for a long time. Just really enjoyed watching your team play this past year and looking forward to, to getting down to the beach, driving a couple hours to watch you guys play this fall. Well, I appreciate it. I'll make sure we uh, make sure we save you a spot, all right? You better be cheering loud for the for the team. You got it. You got it, Coach. Thank you so much. All right, Bennett. Thank you. All right. That was one of the hottest coaches in college football right now. That's Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell. And he rounds out our first 10 episodes right here on Crunch Time Plays. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Coach Chadwell. He's a great follow when he's not taking a break from social media, which he is right now. But And we certainly respect that. But – just thank you so much for listening. Ten episodes, great milestone, and we've got even more to come. So if you want the latest on Crunch Time Plays, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shotgun726. Follow Crunch Time Plays on Twitter and Instagram at Plays Crunch. Some really exciting guests coming up that I want to tell you about real quick. But also, before I do that, I want to plug the first nine guests because there's some really awesome people as well. Auburn Undercover's Nathan King, former North Carolina men's basketball coach Matt Doherty. He's got a book coming out, Rebound from Pain to Passion. Make sure you support him and purchase that. That's a great book. John Shipley of Jaguar Report. Josh Pate of 24-7 Sports. He is the host of The Late Kick with Josh Pate. Mike Yuva from Watch Fox 57 in Columbia, South Carolina. Keith Alsep, host of the Locked On the Gamecocks podcast. Aaron Torres, host of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. He's also a Fox Sports Radio host. Paige Kuhn of Bleacher Report. She is a co-host of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Podcast. And ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi. He's also got a book coming out, Bracketology, and you can purchase both Coach Doherty's book and Joe Lenardi's book by clicking the links in the show description. So really exciting stuff coming up here. want to tell you about it. we got Chris Budden from ESPN. You've seen her on college football, college basketball, and college baseball. we got Hannah Newhouse from the Motor Racing Network. We're going to talk NASCAR with her. 
We've got David Waters from Gators Breakdown. We're going to continue our college football spring series. Just like we began today with Coach Chadwell, we're going to get an inside look at Dan Mullen and the Gators from David Waters of the Gators Breakdown podcast. Also have Kelsey Riggs from ESPN. We're going to talk ACC football and hoops with her. And then Paige D'Amicus, the CEO of the Draft Network. We're going to talk NFL draft analysis with her. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up on Crunch Time Plays. It is time to get out of here. Thank you so much for checking out Crunch Time Plays today. If you just, if you had a lot of fun and you want to keep listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe button, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you like. We're just happy to have you on board and we'll see you next time right here on Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. Mm -hmm.